Hey y'all, welcome to Couture Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Steele. I was at the pool with a friend enjoying the sun and sipping on some white wine over ice, and she asked me a question about how similar the real fashion industry is compared to what is portrayed in the Devil Wears Prada. And I could not help but bust out in the laughter because one, I get this question pretty pretty often once I mention that I've worked in the fashion industry. Two, because man, some of the stuff is an extreme exaggeration. And thirdly, because some of it is not too far off whatsoever. And, you know, obviously Hollywood did take several liberties to blow things up for grand effect. But let's be clear on one thing. When Andy goes into that extravagant closet for her makeover, that is not what a fashion closet looks like whatsoever. Um, But... If we were to look at my version of who Miranda Priestly was in my life, it was not that far off. My coworkers and I had an accurate nickname for her. We called her Cruella. Let me paint a picture for y'all. So I was 22, and this was my first true corporate fashion job. While I did work a little bit in New York City at a few small fashion houses, this was my first big girl job. Like, I had benefits and everything. (laughs) And for those who are not in the fashion industry, let me define some differences for y'all. So first and foremost, you have your top-tier haute couture fashion houses. The most popular one um, and well-known is Coco Chanel. Um, And a fun fact here, actually, haute couture is a protected distinction. There are so many qualifications a brand must hit to actually earn this title. And while couture, which actually translates to made to measure, can be used to describe any garment that's handmade and one of a kind, haute couture is a special designation created by the French government (laughs) and highly, highly regulated. I'll link a couple of articles um, to the description of this podcast so you guys can read a little bit more about it. It's actually very, very interesting. And then you have your ready-to-wear fashion. So some examples would be like the Zara's of the world or H&M and typically department stores like Macy's and Nordstrom uh, will carry ready-to-wear fashion. So But circling back to my big girl job with benefits, (laughs) I want to talk about my buyer, who was my direct boss, uh, not to be confused with Cruella. And for those, again, of you that don't know um, what a fashion buyer does, uh, geez, I guess I could do an entire episode on fashion jargon. But a fashion buyer is a little tough because the role is a tad different at each company. Uh, But overall, they're the ones that develop and maintain relationships with vendors and the designers to select an assortment of goods to to be sold and then distributed to the stores or store. I mean, there's a ton more that goes into that role, but to keep things simple and at a high level, that is that description. And my buying office, another quick note there, 
buying office is just basically a few people in a specific category, like formal dresses, um, deciding or jewelry, deciding what customers want and getting these items to the sales floors. Um, again, there's a lot that goes into it, but for today's purposes. And so my buying office covered around 300 brick and mortar store locations, plus the online store and coming from a fashion house that did one fashion line or one assortment per season to go to one that had over, oh my gosh, over a hundred vendor relationships and having to look at hundreds of assortments and countless fashion lines was a huge learning curve. But my buyer was an incredible boss. She was this powerhouse who had worked as a buyer for over 30 years, both at the small uh, fashion houses and also in corporate retail for department stores. And she was such a trip, y'all. Oh my gosh, it was a common occurrence for her to be blasting music and dancing around the office to just kind of shed off some anxiety that we were all that we were all under because of Cruella. So First of all, she was an incredible teacher and crazy patient with me as I was learning this new process. And this woman could tell you what she bought 15 years ago, what sales it did, the vendor that she used, the name of the vendor rep, and basically any detail you would want to know. She would look at an assortment, which was what the vendors presented to us to buy, and tell them exactly what they should have done. And When she would look at a seam, for example, she would say whether or not she would pull me up to her and say, look at this, look at this seam. This seam is not going to fall well on a woman's figure because of X, Y, and Z. She was able to really pinpoint whether or not something was going to sell based on how it was constructed just because she's had so much experience and I was like a sponge soaking everything up. And to this day, she's a leader that I will always greatly admire. Now, back to Cruella, the juicy side of the story. Every week, we would have a team meeting where my buyer would have me present the numbers and sales proje- sale projections, excuse me, and new items we were buying and explain why we were buying those things in front of Cruella. This was done in a massive, large conference room. There were wall racks to hang the sample items on sent in from the vendors, And all the other buyers in that division and their teams would attend. She would sit at the end of the table, poised perfectly, not one hair out of place, always with these chic glasses and the most incredible outfits. I mean, uh, and her shoes, killer. I think I'm still drooling over and swooning over some of the shoes that she would sport every day. And... When the weather got cooler, she was always sporting something with, you guys probably guessed it, fur. I mean, the woman came into the office with probably an assortment of like a different fur coat every other day, it seemed. So needless to say, she was highly intimidating just to look at, let alone having to stand in front of her at the young age of 22, brand new to this side of things, and present weekly to her. Similarly to the movie, Everyone in that room was there to impress her with their sales results, their ideas, and what their trend um, trend projections were going to be. She gave her perspective and opinion very directly. So the phrase, 
florals for spring groundbreaking from the movie always kind of just pin, like stuck out to me because she would say things like that, you know, um, she would really hold your ass to the fire and demand excellence. There was truly nothing warm about this woman. She was strictly business and you did not go to her office with anything besides work related topics. And she made it very well known that she did not care about your personal life. And the only reason why your work wasn't done is because it wasn't done. So my buyer before every meeting would have me do this dry run. So I didn't make a mistake mostly to protect me from any type of ridicule or beratement in front of the large, massive group. We created sticky notes, and I had all the numbers and percentages and information about them in each item, and I thought, you know, for the most part, each time I was very prepared. Until the question portion of the presentation began, and you better know the damn answers. And if you didn't know the answer, I, you know, I just sometimes I would look to my buyer and that sweet woman would attempt to answer Cruella and she would stop her immediately and ask me why I didn't know the answer to this and kindly, well, more so directly remind me that it's my job to know everything that my buyer knows. And these meetings were intense, not just for me, but for my buying team as well. Everyone was put on blast. The crazy thing is the amount of anxiety I recall watching my buyer have before these meetings. I actually remember before my first meeting, everyone was pacing around. They were scattering, grabbing things, printing things off the printer, um, you know, grabbing tons of samples and, you know, looking at their sales results, but in such a way where I remember the heat was turned up so high and everyone was sweating. It was, it was super intense and it was unlike anything I had ever seen before. This woman really, really ran a tight ship. If sales were up, however, you know, a lot less anxiety was inflicted, but When they were a little off or your trend projections or your sales projections were a little off and didn't match the results of what was performing, oh boy, you better brace yourself because Cruella was about to go in on you and you better be prepared to share what you're going to do and adjust the next week and you better have those numbers the heck up. The reality and why everyone was so stressed out is because these meetings basically determined who would be promoted, who would get a raise, and ultimately who was going to lose their job that year. So if you thought for a second your seat wasn't going to be replaced, think again. But the story I truly wanted to share today was the moment I realized I needed tougher skin and not to let business send me into emotional distress. And I actually thank Cruella for this. It was open to buy time. And for those who are unfamiliar with this term, an open to buy plan is purchasing is a purchasing budget, really, for future inventory orders um, that a retailer creates, uh, our buyer creates for a specific period. And an open to buy plan helps a retailer stock the right amount of products at the right amount of time or at the right time rather. And basically just kind of showing the difference between, you know, how much inventory is needed and, you know, how much we're going to have available on, on, on stock. So it's really the accounting side of fashion. (laughs) And it was my turn to present this open to buy plan to Cruella. 
I went through the entire thing and luckily she said everything looked good. But then she proceeded to say to me that even though my open to buy plan was good, she said I was unpromotable at this time. And I wasn't even really up for a promotion, but somehow, man, it really hit me hard. She then proceeded to tell me that I was fidgeting way too much. I giggled to myself, and it's just not enough to know about the business side of things that I needed to match it with my (laughs) self-confidence. Immediately, my eyes welled up with tears, and I was mortified. This woman who was just super intimidating is basically telling me that I sounded like a ditzy moron talking about numbers. But this next speech she gave me is one that I replay in my head regularly. Okay. So with tears in my eyes about to start streaming down my face, she stopped me immediately and said, Olivia, there is no crying in this office and certainly no crying in fashion. Do you think for a second I could go into my boss's office and receive feedback and cry? He would laugh me out of the room. Here is a tissue. Get yourself together and listen to me. If you need to cry, go in the bathroom afterwards. Do not let me see you do that. You have the potential to be great in this industry, but you need to find the confidence in yourself, which will ultimately make what you're saying about anything taken better by anyone you're trying to impress. And you were trying to impress me today. There is a lot that can be out of your control in fashion, and you need to handle yourself with poise and confidence. Now, I was 22 years old, and this was the first time anyone had said something like this to me in such a blunt and direct way. I must have looked like a deer in headlights looking at this woman, but Now, almost 10 years later, I think how essential it is and how we communicate things to others and the nonverbals that we give, how important they are to be aware of them. A sales specialist, for example, could know everything about the product, but if they're not communicating it in a way that comes across as confident to the customer, they may not make a sale that day or with that particular customer And the customer may not purchase the product because of the interaction with the sales specialist. It was a life lesson that helped me realize that you could have the best product in the world, but if you can't communicate it in a confident and effective manner, then the rest is pointless. In-person communication is far easier because people are typically kinder as there isn't a screen of protection there like there is online. It's why communication online is so important to master in order to drive a sale with confidence without putting a customer off. There are actually two courses that my business partner put together um, that surrounds nonverbal communication and the art of listening. I personally actually learned a good bit from them. And in the virtual world, that is so imperative because you can see, especially in uh, virtual in-store experiences, the nonverbals very clearly. While Cruella was terrifying, intimidating, and 
downright mean sometimes. I'll be honest. I mean, she was she was really mean. Um, there were several times where I would walk into the ladies' room and there would be girls just crying. And honestly, guys, if you're listening to this, she would send men into tears as well. It was a common occurrence. The thing is, is that even though she was all these things, I almost want to thank her for hardening my spine. Because while I'd never take her approach to leadership, sometimes we have to be placed out of our comfort zone to level up. And there, all right, let me be frank, there is a ton of crying in fashion. But the key is, If you do feel like you are on the verge of tears and your eyes are welling up in front of your boss's boss or something along the lines of your version of Cruella or in general in front of a manager, be sure that one thing you take away, if anything, is try to understand why you are so upset about it, first of all. Feel it. Make sure you understand the why behind it. And once you've properly felt it, figure out a way of finding out to know and fix what needs to be done and pivot because you totally can change the outcome of the next situation. Thank you guys so much for listening. And for more information about my company and some of the courses that I mentioned, I'll link that here. So we work with business owners and sales specialists all the time in the luxury retail market and would love to work with you as well if you're interested. For more information about Ocouture, the couture world, and the differences, I'll put a couple of links in um, the write-up in this episode if you're wanting to read a bit more if it intrigues you. But I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and cheers, y'all.